Welcome to the Workbrand Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and theworkbrand.com. Hi there, and welcome to episode six of Yakety Yak, a WandaVision podcast. I'm your host, Christian, and this is The Work Print, and I've got two familiar guests coming back. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Sure. This is Victor Catano, uh, author of Tale and Trouble book series, and fan of Marvel and Star Wars and all fun things like that. Hi. Uh, this is Mary Fan. I'm also an author. My books include Stronger Than a Bronze Dragon, the Star Swept series, and the Jane Colt series, and also a geek for life. <laughs> Thank you both for coming back and being here. And uh, yeah, let's just delve right into episode six of WandaVision. Uh, what were your guys' thoughts, opinions, and stuff on this crazy Halloween-centered 90s episode? Can we start by saying how fun it was to see um, Vision, Wanda, and Quicksilver in their classic outfits, but like the cheesy Halloween version? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I did like the Scarlet Witch costume, which could have come out of the um, <laughs> the Halloween Adventures, you know, sexy Marvel character style, you know. <laughs> yeah, I do think it's funny how, like, you know, the way they're drawn in the comics, it, of course, looks amazing. And then you put that outfit on, you know, Elizabeth Olsen, and you're like, ah, and this is why they changed her outfit for the live-action movies, because it looks absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that was, I remember back when I was um, working in a comic shop, they had the first Punisher film out. And it was, oh, we're not going to put the skull on his chest. And we're like, what? Why would you put the skull on his chest? That's just the whole costume. And then you realize, oh, yeah, it looks really stupid on the screen when you have a big white painted skull on a nighttime vigilante's chest like that. It's like, that's not really going to work out so good. <laughs> yeah, and in the case of, you know, like, these comic characters are always drawn with, like, you know, these crazy ripped muscles. But, you know, you put any cloth on a real human being, and it's just going to get all lumpy. And it yeah. looks really awkward. Yeah. What were you guys' thoughts of the uh, the Malcolm in the Middle '90s aesthetic? Oh, I like that a lot because we had. It's, I, I do like the aesthetic of changing each week to a different time period, um, and that was. I'm very happy with the production of like the intros, especially just how they mimic that period so well. Like last week was such a dead on Family Ties. This week's a dead on Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> it's just, and it's a, it's remarkable that that shows like oh yeah that's old enough to be like imitated a bunch of times now. <laughs> Twenty year old show now. I'd forgotten how old the show. Yeah, it's so bizarre, but yeah. Yeah, we're getting really close to um the current era because I guess the next episode will have to be in yeah. a sitcom in the two thousands, and then suddenly we're back up to um Age of Ultron took place in what like twenty fifteen or something. Right. So Wanda yeah. is catching up to reality. Yeah, I always liked that. That they, it was kind of like a, a a timer type thing in the show where it, eventually it was going to count down to the present day. I like that the uh, style of comedy has also evolved over the years. Like, um, they even had callbacks in this episode, and like yeah. the talking directly to the camera type uh, methods. And I'm like, that's very uh, reminiscent of that time period and stuff. Like, it, like those were types of methods were used a lot. Yeah, like yeah, the like this the the cut in flashback throwaway gag thing, like the trick or treating they're doing back in Sokovia. Oh yeah, with the fish. With the fish and. I didn't notice this at first time I said on Twitter, oh yeah, they're dressed like Nick Fury and the Black Widow in those costumes. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. Oh my god, Oh that's my goodness, I totally missed that. I missed it too. It's like, oh right, he's got an eye patch on, she's got like a black jumpsuit. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright, so 
Well, what were your thoughts about some of the uh, revelations in this episode, particularly with uh, Quicksilver? And uh, do you, well, I guess here's the first question: Do you think that's really Quicksilver? I have no idea. So my yeah. original theory when he showed up um, at the door last last episode was, you know, some kind of you know how like the Flash is always running into other realities. I was like, well, Quicksilver has speed too. Maybe he somehow ran from Fox's X-Men series over to this one because, I don't know, he was called by some cosmic force. But it seems to be that he believes he is Age of Ultron Quicksilver, but he looks like, you know, X-Men first class Quicksilver. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I don't even know if he knows exactly because it's still unclear if it's like he's Quicksilver from this universe or if we're just going to just like, we recast him, okay, that's all, and we're going to bring him in forever now. Or if it's just another thing entirely, just some random guy in town that she made be Quicksilver for the reality-altering thing. And it's really not clear. because she's. I don't think she knows, because she's testing him throughout the episode. Like, oh yeah, remember remember this guy from our childhood? And says, why are you testing me? Come on. Yeah, it seems like... Well, it's hard to tell whether he also like doesn't know, because he claims you know, one minute he was getting shot, and the next minute he was at the door. But he could be lying. Yeah. I mean, he does emphasize, too, that... like this is what she wanted, right? The episode where, you know, he randomly comes in, disrupts the family, you know, the, yeah, whatever the, the routine, uh, gets on visions case a little bit and like takes these kids to kind of go on these mischievous adventures and stuff, stealing candy, etc. Um, but it's all like part of Wanda's weird sitcom reality. Right. So I don't know. Um, personally, um, yeah, I really don't either. So it's just going to be because they keep mentioning like, like he says at one point, like I got shot like a jump, and in the movie, you know, he's died saving somebody. So it's like he wouldn't have been. I'm sure that Scarlet Vision would have, or sorry, Scarlet Witch would have said, "Yeah, he died for no reason because she didn't see it." Oh, that's a good point. But then yeah, she then does she see like a, the bullet holes. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. It's like she, so she seems to believe that he is Age of Ultron, Pietro. That said, I don't think they would have cast, um, you know, X-Men, um, like Evan Peters, without a purpose. Like, I think they're going for some kind of crossover here, and it's very intentional. I think you're 100% right, um, because we all know that the properties were going to merge at some point, because, you know, the deal went through, like, what, two years ago? So this is kind of, like, the perfect opportunity for that, on top of the fact that we know for certain that Deadpool's going to be in the MCU like Ryan Reynolds confirmed that I think like a couple months ago. So like there, to some extent, mutants have to be introduced, and this is kind of the perfect way to blend that property. But how they're going to go about it, I, I'm assuming it's going to involve Wanda's reality bending powers. But I, I don't, I don't know. But it, I, I'm pretty intrigued personally. I think it's interesting that um, Wanda doesn't exist in um, the X Men universe currently. Like as far as we know, Peter Maximoff, um, you know the Evan Peters version lives with his mom and an unnamed little sister who um, the studio like repeatedly said is not Wanda. <laughs> Even though it would make sense that it is, especially because his dad's Magneto, right? I don't know, actually, because, you know, Wanda's supposed to be his twin. And, you know, in that one shot we see of him with his sister, his sister is clearly very, very young. Yeah, no, totally. Like, I actually thought it might be Lorna Polaris. Oh, I it's been so long, I completely forgot. But m- maybe, yeah. Yeah, I was kind of wondering if they're trying to take this opportunity to introduce Wanda to the X-Men universe, like maybe some kind of, you know, reality warping crossover where she returns with Quicksilver to the X-Mansion and becomes X-Men's Wanda for a while. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, I don't know. Uh, 
do you, do you think that'll happen currently with what they're trying to plan now or or do you think it's something that they would have to I don't know like pretend like was always sort of there to begin with in the original uh, Fox franchise I mean I don't think they're gonna pretend that you know I think they're gonna do it deliberately if they're gonna do it okay and I actually kind of was wondering like you know where is this show going you know we're already on episode six and how many are planned like ten Nine, nine. nine there, uh, yeah. Originally, it was going to be eight, but I think they did like an extra one. But then they did a two-part opening, uh, first episode debut. So yeah, so there we're, we're getting like pretty close to you know the the end of this series, and it's like how how could this possibly end? And I was like, well, one way is you know if Wanda kind of like you know burns all her bridges in this universe and then goes and starts fresh in the Fox universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is interesting. I think they could pull it off if they do the uh, the multiple realities and and um and Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness because I feel like that's going to kind of be like their um their flashpoint and combining different iterations and different parts of the different universes. Um, it, it's it's how we got Miles Morales in the original Marvel comics, so I I think it could be executed well with done right. So yeah, and I think if they're going to try to you know cross over the properties, they're going to have to use some kind of multiverse because. We can't just pretend the X-Mansion has been there the whole time and ignoring Ultron and all those other baddies. Absolutely. Um, all right. So in this episode, we established that there's like a hex, which is like sort of the border. Um, what do you think are the limitations of that in particular with regards to like Monica? Because they warned that she's crossed over twice. And if she does it again, she's, like, changing on a molecular level. Um, do you think there's, like, some sort of implication with that? Or uh, especially because uh, S.W.O.R.D. very much wants to keep this weird reality separate? Like, wh- what do you think the hex is in that, that wall on Ellis Avenue? Yeah, I guess it's hard to say. I mean, it kind of seems like it's Wanda's bubble. Like, this is as far as her powers extend, nothing in, nothing out, unless it kind of manages to cross over through that weird barrier. And then, of course, we see that, you know, all the townsfolk at the edge of the at the edge of the hex seem to be frozen or just like kind of doing these repetitive motions. So it seems like her powers do have limits, like maybe she can only control things to a certain extent. So like the further things are away from her, the harder she has, the harder it is for her to control them. So that's why, like, toward the edges, they're sort of acting all weird. Yeah, yeah. That was that was really sad, by the way. Like, cause the, um, th- did you also like kind of felt like heartbroken when you saw like that one mother put up oh the, uh, the clothesline and crying? I'm like, what the hell is going on and and stuff? It, like, it never actually occurred to me that like, cause we the only time we see Wanda's power, uh, is uh for this reality bending like mind confusion type thing is in um Age of Ultron, and when you see it implemented here, it never actually occurred to me that she's controlling literally everyone in town. Um, so it's it's kind of heartbreaking because like the more you kind of realize the further away uh, you are from the center from what's happening and the closer you are to that edge, uh, the more these people are kind of just stuck and prevented from like leaving. And it's it's just kind of heartbreaking in that sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then she just expanded her hex um, to include, you know, all those sword agents who are outside. And so she's going to have even more to control now. I did love that they all turned into a carnival. Yeah, I was actually going to mention that later. Yeah, uh, do you think there's any significance to that? I don't know, actually. I feel like I'm not familiar enough with um, the comics to know if there's some sort of, like, you know, carnival aspect to it. But I just <laughs> said it was really funny to see those um, agents running away and then turn into clowns. 
Yeah, I like that a lot too. Um, especially because uh, what is it? It it um that and the the used car lot. It all adds like another crazy layer that I'm assuming we're gonna enter uh, in the next episode. Especially because Darcy, unfortunately, was caught just within the uh within the range of it. So she, I have a gut feeling she's gonna enter the town now too. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so too. I'm curious to see uh, what her sitcom persona is gonna be. Oh, and the interesting thing is like Kat Dennings has done sitcoms. Yeah, she was the star of one. Yeah, Two Broke Girls. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted that show to be better. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I wanted to like it so much because I like her and her character, but the show itself was... And Garrett Morris was in it too, and it's like, yeah, this wasn't good at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, you were asking about um, about Monica and her, her molecules. But yeah, when I saw that, the first thing I thought was, oh my God, this is how she gets her superpowers. Mm. Yeah, that was my impression yeah. too, because it's like, that's how she becomes Photon later, I'm guessing. And I think, if I remember correctly, too, Monica was also, uh, I think, Captain Marvel prior to Carol Danvers getting the, the title, too. So it's going to be interesting seeing how it's implemented. And I think there's a lot of rumors spe- uh, speculating that um, all of this is supposed to combine into Captain Marvel 2. Uh, or I should say Monica is going to be featured in there, as well as some other new characters. But yeah. The question, how many, like, have you guys read um, House of M or are familiar with it? Yes, I just actually read it two weeks ago. Yeah, because I feel like it's impossible to think about WandaVision without also thinking of House of M because it's, you know, in a lot of ways very similar in which, you know, Wanda, after, like, suffering a devastating loss, creates a second reality where everything's kind of perfect. But interestingly, in House of M, it was actually Quicksilver's idea to do so. And now we have Quicksilver here. And I'm like, are they going to bring that in somehow? Or did they just kind of take the basic idea and they're not really trying to adapt House of M? Yeah, I don't think I'm trying to adapt it word to work. It's like they adapted the Civil War, and it wasn't really the Civil War of the comics. It was just, you know, a way to get Cap and Iron Man to fight each other, you know. Um, I have a feeling like the, the end of House of M is Wanda destroys all the mutants on Earth because she's just tired of everything. She says, no more mutants, and all the mutants disappear except for like ten, the ones who are on the island with her. So I'm wondering this is how they get mutants into the MCU now. They own the mutants from Fox. This is like the backdoor way to get Mutants, yeah, it's kind of a nice symmetry way because Wanda both creates, destroys, and then creates mutants in this version of it. More mutants, please, <laughs> and then all mutants everywhere. That'd be pretty cool, actually. Um, so I don't I actually don't I don't know much about House of M personally either. Although some of my guests have all talked about it uh, in great detail. Um, House of M, House of Magneto, apparently, right? Yeah, and Magnus, uh, I thought. Yeah, mutants, yeah, or, yeah, uh, and then um. The fact that it's very based on, uh, as you said, Wanda's sort of trauma and wanting to overcome that by creating her own weird, twisted family type thing. Um, yeah, so so in, in that sense, do you think uh, fa- family seems to be a big issue for Wanda here? What do you think the significance is uh, for the twin boys? Because they have powers that seem to be emulating uh, her and Pietro's. Uh, do you think they're real? Do you think there's significance to that? I mean, uh, thoughts on, on the kids? Well, I mean, I don't think the kids are real because they're kind of manifested, so I'm not sure how much the reality is going to stay. I don't know about that because everything else within the Hex has been shown to be real. Like, all those townsfolks we found were not just, like, you know, figments of her imagination. They're real people that she's mind-controlling. Right, but she didn't create them, though. They're all were there existing. I mean, she's just kind of adapting them. That's true, but then that makes the question even more mysterious. Where are these kids coming from? <laughs> she magicked them into being, just like she did in the comics. It's possible, but you'd have to take a, a template, right? Because she can only modify reality, as we learned from Kevlar Vest. She's losing control of this world's data as soon as the kids have been born. 
So it's taking all of her energy to make these kids and it's letting her lose control of everything around the periphery. Like the more she has to focus on the kids, the less she can control the town. That's when people are starting to break out of their trances and there's cracks in the facade and things kind of come through because the kids take up more of her power, I think, to keep them going. That's a really good point. Yeah, because the first two episodes, um, it was mostly just sitcom world with a handful of hints that something else is going on. And then the kids come along and we finally get more of the actual Marvel world. Yeah. That's very cool. I, I do wonder if this entire thing was just a way for her to, to create kids of her own, her envisions, but we'll see, right? We'll see. Um, did you guys catch any of the... There, there's something happening on the internet right now, and uh, basically people are tying together the theories about what the commercials mean, and for a couple episodes now, I've been speculating with my guests about what, what they could be implicate. I think AIM and Hydro were one, but it seems like, according to this week's fan theory about the commercials that they might actually be uh, hinting at towards the uh, the Infinity Stones themselves. There are several hints about the Infinity Stones uh, being used in every single commercial we've seen thus far. I think the toaster uh, had Vision's Mind Stone on it. The um, Hydra Soak uh, was supposed to be apparently the Space Stone, because uh, uh, I think there was some sort of like liquid type thing, and if I remember correctly, that... that or no, 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 I'm sorry, the, the, the box meant the uh, the Tesseract, or symbolic of it. Um, the uh, the one in this episode was very much the Soul Stone, uh, which was the commercial with the kid who ends up turning into a skull, kind of like Red Skull. And, uh, and uh, uh, Pietro's first words being, uh, so, what was it, so, uh, so lame. Soul aim. Soul lame. Uh, I know that's so stupid, but, like, people are putting it all together. That's a stretch. Well, yes, yeah, but there are there have been hints at it. Do you, do you guys think there's some validity to this, or that these this may be a soul, uh, a um, not soul stone, a uh, infinity stone type reality situation here? Mm, possibly, but I just think it's more a way to comment on the surroundings. Like that's the way the real world creeps in. Like it's just her glimmers of recognition of other things, like Stark and Name and Hydra and everything else. This is the only one so far that's kind of puzzled me a bit as to what it means otherwise. Like, everything else seems to relate directly, like, the paper towels were Legos, which is where she kind of lost control the last time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Strucker and Stark, those are all relevant to her. But this is kind of, like, much more metaphorical, where it's kind of like, you know, you get what you want, but you lose your soul as a result of it kind of thing. It's just kind of an odd one to figure out, aside from being, like, a really kind of fun little Streak Sharks Gogurt riff. Other than that, I couldn't quite tell what it was going for. On that. How dark was that ad, though? I, I did yeah. not see that coming because all the other ads have, you know, they've, they've referenced Marvel things, but they've pretty much just been like cheesy ads. And I thought this was going to be the same. Oh, like a cheesy 90s animated ad. And then the kid dies trying to open the thing that's going to save him. Kind of like the Soul Stone because you have to sacrifice somebody in order to use it. Just, <laughs> I'm I'm stretching this one really far. It's very popular right now on like comicbook.com and stuff. It's it's bizarre. But um, if if it's not this, what do you think the what do you think the commercials are? Honestly, I don't know. I really feel like it's just um kind of Wanda's residual memories kind of coming out. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. But I kind of think that too. It's just a way to her link to the outside world. It's just like, oh yeah, Stark was important, so I have Stark pop up as a toaster. You know that kind of thing. Oh, you know, you know what's interesting is I remember um, in, what was it, episode four, Darcy said that the TV signal that she's watching is coming from, I think, what, the Big Bang or something? Yeah, something like that. They use similar microwaves around, around the Big Bang type energy thing. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so it sounds like maybe Wanda isn't as control as everyone says. You know, if 
this force is sort of coming from outside. You know, she might be creating the reality inside, but like something else is going on that's sending the TV signal to everyone outside. Very possible. I mean, the big theory was Agatha, but I think that's kind of disproven now because she doesn't seem like she's any more in control of the situation than anybody else. Um, the other big one, of course, is uh, Mephisto. Everyone seems to be talking about Mephisto, that this is potentially an introduction to Mephisto, who can also bend... I mean, he's basically the devil, so he can do whatever he wants, according to Marvel convenient lore. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that character, so hopefully it's not. Well, it might be. I'm not a big fan of the character, though, so I hope it's not. But it just went... I mean, the theory I've heard is, like, it can't be Mephisto because then it won't air in China, so that's going to cost them money, so it won't be Mephisto. Wait, why can't it air in China? Because they have big rules of censorship about, you know, devils and angels and things like that in their media. Like, you can't show Satan on that kind of thing there, or at least Christian Satan anyway. I had no idea. Interesting. That's, that's what I've read online. I think that could be totally, you know, internet lied to me, which has happened before. But you know, that's the thing I've read about on a lot of the rooms is like, Mephisto can't appear because then China won't let it be seen because it's, you know, Christian ideology kind of thing. And they won't let that in into China. I had no idea. Oh, that did they like Lucifer? Did it ever air there too? Or no? I I honestly don't know. Oh, I'm just wondering now too. Like, does that mean Good Omens never aired there too? Now I'm like wondering, like, what has been? Again, this is murky communist censorship kind of rules, and I'm really not sure how much of that applies. But again, I I figure they was like, why well, take the chance on it and just you know do something else. Well, it also add like another weird layer of mythology to the MCU because as far as the MCU has gone so far, it's stuck mostly to like. More of the sci-fi aspects of Marvel, it hasn't really gone into, like, the really crazy magic. You know, some of it's come in through, like, Doctor Strange and such. Yeah, but even but, even yeah. Thor, they turned Thor into aliens, not gods. You know, they made yeah, Thor exactly. be, like, alien race that was like unto gods to Earthlings, but they were not gods. <laughs> and the fact that they refused to call Wanda the Scarlet Rit- Witch on, uh, on the show. Right. Like, very pointedly, in fact. It's like, oh, does she have any nicknames? No. <laughs> She's Wanda. Sokovian fortune teller, that's all, you know. Oh, but can we talk about for a sec the fact that Agnes was dressed as a witch and full-blown cackles? Yes. <laughs> Which is why, like, again, hardcore theory of it being, you know, Agatha. But it's, I don't know. Like, now I really don't because it seems like she's just a cog in the system. I, I think there's more to her than that, though, because she was among the first to hint that, you know, all the townsfolks were actual people. Like, you know, she was, you know, standing there with the hedges and she was like, oh, like, we're all. And then she just doesn't, like, really finish the thought. Yeah. No, I think it's water meets the eye, but I'm not sure if she is like Agnes Harkness, like people suspect she is, but we'll see. Yeah, that's the thing about the show is like it, it just teases you in so many different ways that it could be this, it could be the, it could be the Infinity Stones, but we never really know until next week where it's like, no, I guess it wasn't. Like, I don't think it's AIM anymore personally uh, at, at all in the show, but there were lots of hints at it in the first three episodes. Yeah. Now, did you get to her? Sorry, Danny's barking at the door again. <laughs> so the Jehovah's making their rounds today. Hi, Khaleesi. Uh, question I had: Did we talked about the um, who Monica's going to be meeting out there in the woods? Left? No, but I uh, I think a big fan theory I've heard was it could be um it could be Fantastic Four related, right? Well, that'd be interesting. I mean, it could be. Um, yeah. I don't know if they want to introduce Fantastic Four since they just bought that property back in this way, but who knows? Maybe they would. I mean, we know that Doom is going to be in. Black Panther, so, or at least I, th- I think that's what it's heavily implied. So, like, they, they also have to, in- basically all the Fox properties have to slowly be introduced within right. now and the next few movies. So. Right. Um, 
I don't know. I personally think it might be Doctor Strange. Could be Captain Marvel too coming in as well. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, Captain Marvel makes sense given the context of the character. Yeah, that's true. I do wonder how far they're going to expand all this before it kind of gets a little too bloated. Because I'm thinking about like I have this one friend who hasn't really been following any of these comic book movies, but is now kind of intrigued by WandaVision. And she says, like, basically she has to go and watch 20 movies, plus the X-Men ones, to go watch WandaVision. And, you know, now we're all in lockdown, and she's willing to do that because she has nothing else to do. But, yeah, like, what about, like, current teenagers, for example, who may not even have been around when, like, the original X-Men movies were coming out, or... Oh, God, make me feel really old. Hey, 2021. I was born in 2004, old man. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's right. This new generation was born post 9-11. That's freaky to me. Yeah, Iron Man came out in, what, 2008? Yeah. So that was 13 years ago. You could have, like, you know, a nerdy 12-year-old right now who was born after it came out. So is he going to have to then, like, watch all 25 movies or whatever? I mean, that's what Disney Plus is. I mean, the thing about this is it's a nice entry point because it relies mostly on, like, old sitcom tropes, which everybody has absorbed over time, you know, just watching TV in the background. So, I mean, that's a nice way to get into it for people, I think. So, yeah, I think there's a way you can... People will come into aren't necessarily hardcore Marvel geeks who've read every Avengers episode comic book ever who understand it. So yeah, it's interesting to see how much it goes before it has to like uh, people start the, the more uh, casual fans are like, huh, what, what is this? Yeah, that said, like in order to get WandaVision, like you definitely have had to have watched um, like Ultron and um, Infinity, what was it, Infinity Wars, and then also you have would have had to watch the X-Men movies to know who Quicksilver was, or at least that Quicksilver. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing of it, too, is there's only, I think someone added up, like, 20 minutes of Wanda and the other four movies combined, so it's not that much Wanda content before this. Mm-hmm. Same with Vision. It's not that much Vision content before the series starts, and, like, half of their fighting things. Yeah, that's true. This is kind of built making up for all that lack of character development. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, I guess... Um, was there anything else about this episode that intrigued you guys? Or anything you wanted to comment on? Um, no, that's, about it. that's pretty much it. I mean, it was a nice... It wasn't had the, after the big revelation of last week. It's kind of bridging into bigger things next week, I felt. So we expanded the the dome, and now it's going to be like, I think, how much more is going to expand? It'll be our big thing next week, and what's going to happen? People got sucked into it. You know what we haven't really talked about yet is the role of Vision in this episode. How he full-blown lies to Wanda's face... And then seems willing to, like, rip himself to pieces to get out of her world. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. going to be something to see, too, because he's very clear. They say he had a living will. Don't put me back together. <laughs> well, also, his his warning to them at S.W.O.R.D. was, like, to help the people. And even when he was conflicting, or con- uh, confronting, uh, what is it, uh, Agnes, um, he, he didn't remember that he was an Avenger, but he was very much willing to help. It seems like that's, if there's anything that seemed to have translated from... I don't because he's not fully, you know, the vision that we know, especially because he's got like chunks of his memory not there. Um, but he does seem to want to help. Uh, he does seem to want to make a difference. So he really did everything he could to defy Wanda's whatever gate reality type thing to try to get the message out there. Um, and that was the thing with Agnes, like, you're an Avenger. Help us. It's like, what, what's an Avenger? What? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it was kind of weird how, um, you know, how much control does he have versus not, you know, like he was playing along with a sitcom like, you know, like everybody else at first. And then he sort of starts showing hints of being aware of something. And now he's just like full blown lying to Wanda's face and she doesn't seem to be able to control him anymore. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And he seems uh, to, like, to like wake people from their trances too, which I'm like, what, what power is that? 
Not sure. Uh, Mindstone, but he doesn't have it anymore. So I'm very confused as to how that works. How Vision works, how Quicksilver works is the, pi- the the Vision and Quick and uh, Charlie Witch have very badly defined powers in comic books. Honestly, I do remember I had the TSR Marvel game when I was a kid, role playing game, and they had a whole page on Scarlet Witch's powers, and you read it and it's like I don't understand any of this at 12 years old. It's like manipulating percentages of probabilities, what probability hexes, something like that. And then it's like, it's just a wizard who shoots fireballs that can do anything now. So it turns out to be. Yeah, I do wonder if they're going to go into how Wanda's powers expanded in the MCU. Because when we're introduced to her, she, like, all they say is he's fast and she's weird. And she, like, shoots, like, little wiggly woos out of her hands, as uh, oh, yeah, Silver like says. Line. And, like, makes... literally quoted <laughs> causing nightmares and little red wiggly woos. And now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that that's all she could do in Ultron and then suddenly she's like, you know, blowing up buildings by by accident and now she's creating entire realities like wait, where are all these expanded powers coming from? It's uh whatever power I choose for the week. She's basically Superwoman in that sense. <laughs> I kind of wonder if that's tied into the whole um cosmic rays thing that, you know, Darcy mentions. Like I think in the comics at one point she does like absorb like some cosmic force and that gives her extra powers or something. We'll just blame it all on the Infinity Stones snapping out again or something, you know? How they just got destroyed, we'll blame it all on that. Wouldn't that be funny if we had to destroy the Infinity Stones a second time? <laughs> uh, um, well, I have to jump off because my biscuits arrived and they're getting cold, so I'm going to go eat my biscuits and gravy. But I wanted to thank you again for letting me on the show. Oh, no, thank you for coming by and stuff. We'll wrap up soon anyway. But, um, Victor, always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank Is there anything you. you wanted to promote or say or uh, hashtags or anything like that? Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at VG Catano. My books are available anywhere you can buy books online. So, yeah, your Amazons, your Barnes Nobles, etc. Thanks, Victor. Thanks, Victor. Enjoy your biscuits and gravy. Uh, all right, Mary, uh, final thoughts, I guess, since it's just you and I? Um, I guess. So with the show, um, I will say, I feel like it's definitely getting more and more intriguing. You know, I, was, I wasn't entirely sold on the first two episodes because I wasn't sure how far into sitcom world they were going to go. And I'm actually really glad that they really only spent like three and a half episodes fully in sitcom world with like little hints of weird things going on. And mm-hmm. now we're back in Marvel world, like, you know, Wanda's losing control and it feels like a, an MCU property again. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So I, I'm excited to see where this goes, especially since we only have three episodes left. Like, how are they going to conclude it? Yeah, especially uh, since this is the 90s, we have the 2000s, 2010s, and then the finale, right? Or assuming that we're still doing, like, decade timelines. So I don't I don't know. Um, I do think that next episode might be, like, a very Office sitcom-related uh, type format. And then I guess that takes us to modern era, and then kind of a wrap-up. It's weird saying that 2010s were, like... A whole decade in itself because we're in 2020 now but like yeah that was very much a style of comedy that, that's style true. Of, yeah so it's, it's gonna be weird seeing an episode dedicated to that because it's so close it's like that was yesterday yeah i guess yeah 2000 it would make sense for them to uh do the office and i guess 2010s maybe how i met your mother yeah something like that mm. yeah that'll be interesting um, yeah yeah definitely um Final thoughts on the series or just anything you want to say? <laughs> um, so this is definitely one that I was a little skeptical about going in because like as Victor mentioned, Wanda and Vision were not really developed in the MCU before that. And in fact, were two of my not least favorite, but just like characters I was just not interested in at all, especially since I was like, I don't know who these people are. I don't know what their powers are. They just seem kind of seem to be there to look cool and do whatever the writers say. So it's really interesting to get to finally get to meet them as people and it's been kind of a slow burn. You know, when I watched that first episode, I was like, okay, I like sitcoms. This is an interesting sitcom-ish thing. But now mm-hmm. it's becoming, like, really interesting. I was like, and we haven't really seen this format of show 
before. So I, yeah, no, I, yeah, like with every episode, I'm getting to like it a little more. Yeah, no, same here. And I, I, the first three for me was like a slow burn. I was like, all right, this is really weird, but it's not traditional Marvel. It's like something we haven't necessarily seen them do because they, they're very cookie cutter in terms of uh, format. Like, I, I like what Marvel brings to the table, but they always follow a certain guideline, and I like it overall because it's very inclusive and it leaves a good message. That's kind of what I like about Marvel over DC personally. Is like I can leave the movie theater feeling happy. <laughs> yes, to DC movies where it's just like, oh, what did I just watch? I'm now I'm upset. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I, I like that they went out of the box. I like that it doesn't go that far dark because there are so many moments where I'm watching this and I'm like, they could have killed that character or they, they could have made this a lot darker. But I'm like, happy they didn't. Um, I'm happy that they, they juggle this comfortable medium of like getting the point across without necessar- unnecessarily going too far and breaking, uh, you know, the, their 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 type of uh their type of style um as for uh the vision and wanda i've been excited for these two for a very long time mostly because a i knew about the relationship so i wanted to see how they did it and i, I like it so far very much even though it's not fully vision really it's kind of just fragment of his original self uh but more importantly uh wanda i think she's a really cool character somebody who has a multitude of powers and we're finally getting to see her in the spotlight and to be honest uh elizabeth uh olsen is fantastic in, in the role so um yeah excited and really really uh looking forward to how this all ends so um yeah uh mary thank you so much for coming on is there anything else you wanted to say or promote or stuff or where people can follow you oh yeah um find me on my website maryfan.com and i'm on twitter and instagram as at astral cult and my books are available wherever books are sold online thank you mary for uh, guesting and everyone thanks for tuning in and have a wonderful week <laughs>